Hello, I'm Brian Murgatroyd and welcome to the ICC Review. And India's 100% record is still intact. Team India easily beat Bangladesh by seven wickets in Pune. Opening batter Shubman Gill hit a brilliant half-century in his second match after recovering from Dengue, and we'll hear from him later on in the show, thanks to Spotify. It was also a 100 by Virat Kohli, a superb innings from him, and now I'm pleased to have former West Indies spin bowler Samuel Badri alongside me to dissect this Samuel, thank you very much for being with us this evening. A seven-wicket win, 51 balls to spare. Is that as straightforward a win as it's possible to get? Hello, Mugas, and hello to everyone. Yeah, it was a really comfortable victory for India yet again. Another comfortable chase. It's the fourth time in succession now that they've chased in this men's ODI World Cup and the fourth time that they've come away unscathed. Just the composure that they go about their chases with and having someone like Virat Kohli who really understands the tempo at which chasing should be. The experience that he has, he's called the king of the chase for a reason. So having someone like that uh, in your team, and, and to be quite honest as well, none of the chases have been really high scores. So they were able to comfortably hold on those totals, their bowlers. That means, therefore, have done a good job yet again tonight. What can we say about Virat Kohli? We've, we've run out of superlatives over the years, I guess, haven't we? 97 balls for his 100, uh, reaching it in the grand manner, six fours, four sixes. And I saw some incredible statistics today which say that uh, after 285 matches, which is what he's played now in this form of the game, he's got more than 2,000 runs above what Sachin Tendulkar had at the same stage in his career. It's his 48th won the International 100 at the same stage, Sachin had 31, and his average is more than 13 runs in innings higher as well. It's an incredible comparison comparing him to the greatest batter that India have ever had. Is it possible to compare them or are we comparing apples and bananas here? Yeah, those numbers are absolutely phenomenal. 48th won the International Century, as you mentioned, just one away from the great man who has 49. It's, it's really phenomenal what he's been able to do over the course of his career. There was a, a point in time not too long ago where his ODI's number, numbers were a bit low and he was struggling a bit, but he's roared back in a sensational manner, the manner that we all know that he can perform at. The way he calculated those remaining, I suppose, 20 runs or so to ensure that he gets a century, it's his third century here at this venue in just about seven or eight innings. So this particular venue... He continues that love affair with. But you're right. You're absolutely right. The numbers that he's been able to stack up for such a long period of time, his commitment to fitness, the way he runs during the course of his inning, every single that he takes, every two, every three that he takes, he takes it as, if, as though it's his first run. And just to see that hunger, you expect or sometimes you think that someone with the number of runs that he's gotten will take things for granted and take it easy. But he doesn't take anything easy. He values every single innings. He values every single run and he values every single milestone that he achieves. It's a great box to have ticked for India today, isn't it? To have Shubman Gill as well, a half century for him, continuing his comeback post-Dengi. That's, that, that's really terrific for, for the team as a whole, isn't it? 
yeah, he's the leading run scorer, not only for India in 2023 in one international, but the leading run scorer for all batters this year. So they've come into this tournament expecting great things from him. It's his first World Cup half century. And again, the ease at which he accumulated those runs and that partnership with Rohit Sharma. Rohit is quite belligerent, very aggressive in the first 10. It just allows Shubman Gill then to take his time a little bit more and pace himself. Were you impressed today by how India weathered that excellent start by Tanzid Hassan and uh, Lytton Das? They added 93 in a shade under 15 overs. That was a good effort at the beginning by uh, Bangladesh, but India didn't panic, did they? Yeah, it was a little bit worrying at that start there. You mentioned that partnership. And those two looked really comfortable at the middle there. And they were well set, I think, for upwards of 300 at one stage. But you're right. They know that the quality that they have through the middle overs, they've always pulled things back through the use of their spinners, who are very accurate. The first wicket fell to the wrist spin of Kuldeep Yadav. And Ravindra Jadeja is unrelenting during those middle overs. He bowls wicket to wicket, stump to stump. And he gets those crucial wickets at every stage of the that innings. They were able to pick wickets at crucial times. So though the start was good and a little bit worrisome, they knew that they had the quality to pull things back, and they did absolutely that. You mentioned uh, spin there, uh, Badri, and I've got to say, uh, with with, uh, with you with me tonight as a, a former international spinner yourself, it looks to me as though that is a real point of difference between India and the other sides. The fact that they've got controlling spinners, yes, but also attacking spinners who can take wickets in those middle overs. There aren't too many other sides in the tournament who've got that, have they? Yeah, you're absolutely right. That has been the difference between them and, and the other teams. I suppose the only other team or the only other player who's been able to match that is Mitch Santner from New Zealand. He has a, a, a whole heap of wickets so far. He has that control, but not only that, he has that wicket-taking ability. So that's why these two teams are at the top of the table currently and are unbeaten because of that uh, wicket-taking threat through the middle overs, as well as the holding job that they do. So if you aren't scoring runs or if you aren't taking wickets, we're not releasing the pressure by allowing you to score runs. And that, for me, will be the difference as we go throughout this tournament because you expect the pitches to increasingly offer some support to the spinners as we go deeper into the tournament. And you have someone like Ravi Ashwin on the bench, uh, such a quality player, to come in if conditions suit him. So I think they've got all the bases covered, this Indian team. They're fast bowling with Bumrah back in the spinners that we mentioned, and then they're batting juggernaut. So they look impenetrable at the moment, but we know that this game can throw up some surprises, can't it? Well, absolutely. You don't win the tournament at this stage with, uh, well, a month to go until the final. But a blot on the landscape for India in this match, I guess, was Hardik Pandya's ankle issue. He fell awkwardly on his left ankle trying to stop a straight drive. What are you hearing there and... Uh, if he's absent, could that derail India in any way, shape or form? Yeah, that injury happened in the first over that he was bowling, the ninth over of the innings. Uh, just heard Rich Sharma in the post-match interview mention that it isn't too serious. They'll obviously do some further scans, but he feels that he should be okay in a few days' time. It will all depend on what the scans say and how he rocks up tomorrow. But in the unlikely event that he's injured and he has to miss a few matches, it will just affect the balance of the team because he provides that batting support as well as the bowling support. So it will be interesting to see what sort of combination they go in with. Do they bring in an additional batter, someone like Asuriya Kumayarav, 
or maybe a Ishan Kishan, or do they bring in someone like a Mohammed Shami? So it will be quite interesting to see which direction they go. But fingers crossed for them that all's well with Harik Pandya and they don't have that headache in that next match, which is such an important one. Absolutely. We'll come to that in a moment. But uh, before we do, let's reflect on the fact that it's been, well, a week of big shocks in the tournament, hasn't it? With Afghanistan derailing England, the uh, reigning champions, and the Netherlands uh, easily beating South Africa in the end. And South Africa have been so impressive up to that point in time. Of course, those two results could have long-range significance towards who ends up in the top four. I think it's fairly clear that India are going to uh, get into that top four and get into that top four very comfortably indeed. But how are you reading the the other contenders there for semi-final berths? Yeah, because you and I were in the qualifiers in Zimbabwe firstly, and we saw that Dutch team quite closely. And whilst a lot of people are surprised with that sort of upset, quote-unquote, against South Africa, I'm not entirely surprised by... Um, the way they've performed, I know that they have quality in their ranks and they can win a few games here and there. And so too with Afghanistan, they have quality players. And if they get some favorable conditions and if their batters can put some runs on the board, I think that they can win a few more matches here as well. So yes, it might be considered upset, but I'm not entirely surprised with those results. And yes, you're absolutely right in terms of it opening up the table. So if we look and perhaps say that New Zealand and India have gone ahead of the other teams, then four other teams at least are fighting for those next two positions. So it makes the remaining fixtures very intriguing and it makes for captivating cricket in the remaining days. Absolutely. You're going to get off the fence and give us uh, your call on who you think is going to be in the top four aside from New Zealand and India or are you going to Keep your cards close to your chest at this stage. I still think that uh, that South Africa could get into the top four. So they will be um, maybe the third team and, and England being that fourth team because of the style of cricket that they play and the brand and the quality players. It's tough to leave out Pakistan and Australia, but um, those would at this stage be the way it's shaping up in my mind for the top four. But like I say, you can't rule out those two big nations. Australia, five-time <coughs> World Cup champions. They know how to get the job done. And Pakistan, well, on their day, they can dismantle any team. Well, next up for India, it's Dhanashala and it is New Zealand. It's uh, their biggest test yet, perhaps. Uh, it's the side that beat them, of course, in the semi-final four years ago. And in a different format... Beat India as well in the inaugural ICC World Test Championship final too. There's not going to be uh, Kane Williamson there. We know that. He's got that issue with his thumb. But uh, yeah, from an Indian perspective, this is going to be very interesting to see just how they are travelling because this is, I would say, going to be their biggest test thus far, isn't it? Yeah, New Zealand has been their bogey team. As you mentioned, those two defeats that they suffered. Um, and the conditions in Dharamshala aren't the typical Indian conditions that we are typically associate across here. It's seam-friendly. It is the bounciest surface of all surfaces here in India. So it will negate sort of that home advantage that India would have with their spinners. So it makes the contest, in my mind, a little bit more even, and it, makes, uh, it gives New Zealand a greater opportunity of toppling India across the Indaramshala, but it will be... Such a fascinating game to watch. One of those teams, of course, will go 
um, will have will suffer a defeat at the end of that game. They both are unbeaten at the moment, so that's a, a mouth-watering clash. The wonderful Samuel Badri is part of the ICC's One Day International Men's Cricket World Cup. Download the app and never miss a ball. OK, we know how impressive Team India's batting has been in this World Cup. Well, we caught up exclusively with Shubman Gill just before the tournament got underway, thanks to Spotify. The young star won the ICC Under-19 Cricket World Cup under Raoul Dravid's tutelage. Now he's playing for him in the senior side and he says Dravid has been a great mentor. Rahul sir and uh, me, I think he first... Start, we first started, we first worked together in 2016 Asia Cup uh, and that's when he got to know about me and I obviously knew Rahul sir as a cricketing legend and in 2016-17 is when we started working together and he is someone who knows me, who knows my cricket inside out and he's always given me that confidence especially when I was young that I have that game and I have that uh, skill set in me to be able to represent my country and to be able to do well at a, at a bigger stage and he is someone who always comes up to me and wouldn't uh, shy away from asking me what's happening in my life inside of cricket outside of cricket and I think my relationship with him is very special. When it comes to training how do you approach training and who would you say is as intense as you are? I would say uh, just with Bhumra. When you're facing him in the nets, you have to be on your uh, level best focus. You can't just be, you know, playing uh, in the nets just like that to him. You have to be at your uh, best. You have to be at your full focus and you have to be that you have to be on your toes all the time. Otherwise, he's going to get you and he's someone who is very uh, competitive in the nets and he's not going to let you get away with just one good shot, you know the next ball is coming in hard at you. Batting in the top order with legends like Rohit Sharma, Virat Kohli, what are some of the most important learnings that you've gotten from that? Some of the most important learnings that I've got from uh, batting with Rohit Bhai and Virat Bhai is always back your game and always trust uh, your decision making and your uh, skill set and don't try to be like someone don't try to don't try to go for something that you know someone else has told you just back your game and back your skill set your personal profile it's just it's on the rise how do you deal with being in the spotlight i think it's it's very easy to be able to deal with spotlight cause i don't i think my friends and my family they help me to keep me grounded and when you know you are there on the ground, it's all about bat and ball. So, if you can put your mind to that and let everything, and let your friends, family and your close one uh, help you keep grounded, I think, is the balance. That's all for now. Remember to follow the ICC Review on Spotify and wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can find us on social media with the handle at ICC.